The number one question we get from listeners is, do we have a written step-by-step roadmap to guide you on how to train your dog? We don't, but Standing Stone Supply does. They're the creators of the complete step-by-step dog training program that takes your dog from brand new puppy and gets it well on its way to that finished dog you've always dreamed of. They've mapped out the timelines to help guide you, the videos for every step of the way to show you, and even have the needed gear made into shopping lists to make it easy to supply you. Check out the course at StandingStoneSupply.com to gain unlimited access for all current as well as future lessons and be sure to use the code GDIY to save 10% at sign up. Being an upland hunter in the south nowadays unfortunately means a lot of travel to try and find birds for my dogs. This means it's even more important that my map scouting is reliable to justify the effort. This is where Onyx comes in. I can honestly say that Onyx directly impacts the level of success I find on my trips. Whether it's the private versus public land boundaries, the expanding number of unique layers and features by state, or the 3D mapping capabilities, my initial step in planning my hunting trip starts with Onyx. To know where you're going, you have to first know where you stand. Check out Onyx Hunt Maps and use code G. GDIY 20 at checkout to save 20%. Whoa. Thanks for tuning in. What you're about to listen to is just a small segment from last month's bonus episode with Nick Larson of the Birdshot Podcast, where we get together to record a full video version of a conversation spanning all kinds of topics and stories that we don't get a chance to cover on our individual podcast. You can find the full video version at either of our Patreon pages. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash yourself and help support the podcast as well as have access to future content and discount codes. Thanks again and hope you enjoy. Funny this year, so I took uh, Lucy, my Munstie. I took her through utility and NAVDA a couple years ago. Um, and anybody that listens to our podcast, she's she's got a typical quote unquote Munstie people hate me for this, a Munstie point. <laughs> uh, there are some Munsties out there that have setter-like mm. points. I mean, just freaking gorgeous. L- looks awesome. Lucy has that on wild birds. She doesn't have that on pen raised birds. She knows the game. I mean, she really yeah. does. It's uh, it's just crazy. So, like, I'm trying to bring that same intensity and drive that she has on wild birds into the pen raised birds, thinking, like, all right, I can retest her. And so I wiped away all steadiness, brought back the chase. It's like, all right, let's, let's amp her up. You know, let's get that intensity up. Let's get that drive up. And then I got it up. I started getting that that stronger point more consistent in the field this year, earlier this year. And now it's time to start putting steadiness on. Okay, well, I start doing the pigeon drills and it's working. It's working fast. And then it was it went from like, man, like this is this is going really smooth to the train went off the rails. Like all of a sudden she's catting around, she's within five, 10 yards. I couldn't get her to go hunt. And it's like, once again, I got steadiness on her, but it took something else away from her. And so now I'm like, all right, well, scrap that about a month or two ago. I'm like, well, I prefer hunting over testing no matter what. That's what I'm picking, hunting over testing. So it's just like, all right, do away with that idea. We're just going back to hunting. And I've spent the last two months just, let's just get her back hunting. And uh, she's back around. You know, we we trained again yesterday. But all that to say is you can go overboard on pigeons. And so if you have a dog that is a quote-unquote bootlicker, Velcro dog, 
just too close, you can't push them out, then maybe you don't worry about steadiness or stop to flush with pigeons right now. You know, maybe that's a thing down the road. If you get there, don't feel like just because Nick said it, you know, stop to flush is a very important thing to have. Don't think that all of a sudden you have to start popping 20 pigeons in front of your dog every day because I have the access that you're talking about. I have the pigeons here. I have the launchers. Uh, my friend's dogs see more pigeons and launched in their face than my dogs, and I live here. Uh, just because it's it goes back to what you're talking about. What's the purpose behind it? You know, I'm not going to go out there and just pop pigeons in front of them just because they would get more out of just exercising and conditioning than me going to plant a pigeon for them every yeah. day. Yeah, at this point, I guess I'm testing the theory of if you can underdo it with pigeons <laughs> the the amount that that Rose has seen in her uh in her two years is is pretty low and we we pretty much focus on on exercise and conditioning year round until hunting season rolls around and then it's obviously chasing wild birds until our butts fall off and then a little bit in the spring this this spring actually was kind of a bust for spring training because our snow hung on so long that by the time the quiet periods were getting put down the the window of that it varies every year when does the snow leave versus april 15th when you got to stay out of the woods and this year it was really small i think i got out once so less spring training than i wanted to do this year but again we've we've already been out a couple times now and we'll uh we'll have hunting season here soon enough well don't don't worry about not doing too many pigeons right. or not enough with her because think about this in, in the history of bird hunting how how many more birds do you think have been shot over dogs owned by people that have never even like thought of having a pigeon yeah. coop than by people that had pigeon coops you know the pigeon coops come from more the hunt testers the field mm -hmm. trialers the guys that are year round like training to that next level just trying to get to that next step to whereas if you're a hunter honestly like you could make the argument that your dog is better off conditioning and exercising in the woods because every day in the woods means more to that dog than what you know three three pigeons in a launcher and in, in a field does you know is each each yeah. their own you're not a trialer so it's like who cares then? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's one of, you know, I have slowly kind of learned that over the, over the years. And I've got a, a good friend here. He's a, I would call him a grouse hunting mentor of mine. I don't know if we talked about him before, but Scott, he, uh, he's been chasing grouse around here with setters for decades. And I got to know, I got to know him at a really critical point when I had Hartley, he was maybe one, um, really good point to, get connected with somebody like this that had a ton of experience. And I mean, from day one, he basically said he doesn't do any like real training with yeah. his dogs. It's just, he hunts. And I think about, I don't know if he was at the time, but about that time he, he was retiring or I think he used to take the whole month of October off. He's a smart guy. So he used to, it must be yeah, nice. he, he would, uh, he would hunt his dogs hard as heck. And I saw his dogs again at a very early stage in my bird dog training years like a formative stage and i saw what his dogs did and so i've kind of you know when you see that then you kind of you listen a little bit extra closely when that when that person talks um, so yeah i my dogs are really they're doing everything i need them to and want them to now i do try to take an honest look at at certain things and like oh, what can we work on i mean that's that's healthy for for you as yeah. a trainer and your dogs one thing i will say is 
Hartley needs a little lesson in backing because Rose Rose is a natural backer and Hartley's like the you know, I guess he was the only child for a, for a few years and just didn't have a lot of competition. And he's, I mean, he will just totally blow off like Rose on point and he's going in there <laughs> trying to, trying to get his, trying to get a, a point of his own. And I, obviously that's on me with, you know, he's, he's woe trained, but I, we could use some very specific backing drills. I will say that before yeah. the hunting season. Well, and and that's, man, that's honestly, this has been the summer of backing training down here just with a couple buddies, just with a couple buddies getting ready for the uh, Invitational specifically, you know, for those people that don't know NAVD and the Invitational, that's the only test within their system that requires mm. backing. Okay. So, it, you know, there's a lot of NAVD folk to where I think they're figuring it out to where brace work is steadiness. So like you're seeing a lot of people kind of work it into their, their timeline a little sooner than what it has. But typically over the years, since I've been involved, you kind of hear everybody's like, I'll worry about backing when I qualify mm -hmm. for the invitational. And so they don't work it. So you get a lot of people with like three and four year old dogs that doesn't even acknowledge another yep. dog in the field. And, uh, Alston's dog scout was that way. And he's headed to New Mexico here in a couple months and, or one month now. Uh, and he's been coming down all summer long specifically and we've uh and going back to that stop to flush we've trained him how to back with based off a of stop to flush everything revolves around that bird you know it's like if you have a dog that doesn't acknowledge another dog in the field well that's usually because it's so consumed with finding birds now we got to make sure we got to make that dog understand like hey look that bird that dog on point means there's a bird there how do you do that stop to flush launchers you know stuff like that there's overlaying so it, it, it just goes right back to what we were already talking about that stop to flush and i mean austin didn't do the foundation work with with scout the first time around so he literally spent the first half of the summer putting that stop to flush foundation work on him and then came out here and within a handful of reps he's backing is he backing 100 percent? no but he's got a good, strong, enthusiastic back uh, that more often than not, he just nails right now. It, he, he's really good on the far away backs. We're kind of working on that just round the corner and it's right in front of you thing. Uh, he's having a little bit of a struggle with that. But in terms of one that's, you know, 20, 30, 40 yards out, he's nailing it every yeah. time. Yeah, that's cool. And I mean, not to mention that not, there's, there's something really cool about seeing a dog just back and honor another dog's point i mean you see yeah. two dogs stacked up on point it's uh it's kind of like double the fun at that point <laughs> i uh that I, I was gonna say like I, I really thought that it's been kind of weird how this has played out because i i was thinking a lot about oh running a brace of running a brace of setters when i was going to get rose and we'll we'll be working on backing and stuff and oh geez i hope rose is a natural backer and like her I think her, both of her parents were kind of natural backers, so I was wondering about that. And I knew that Hartley was not. Well, then I get Rose. That's the season that Hartley goes down with an ACL. So I basically am hunting Rose by herself that entire year. Then last year, I thought I would, for the most part, try to run my dogs separately to maximize my dog power. But at some point, I probably would run them together. Well, Lo and behold, I I didn't I never ran them at the same time last year. I was always, even as it got late into the year, I would I would take Hartley for like a thirty minute run and Rose for a ninety minute run. Or you know, I was really trying to manage Hartley's time on the ground just to 
again for a season back and it worked super well but when i got to the end of the season i never ran them together once then i kind of was like that was dumb like i i want to see these dogs hunt <laughs> together like like let's do that so that's that's something i want to do this year i'll make a point of doing that probably not a ton but at least a little bit because and rose was young too and we, we don't need to get into the whole when you got a young dog it's important for them to hunt by themselves and learn how to learn how to hunt for themselves and gain that independence so part of that was was going on too now she's really established herself as a as an independent hunting bird dog so i would be very confident putting them down together and the way that they run they would be covering different ground too so they would probably be a good brace yeah. at this point yeah i mean both my dogs i'm very strategic when i go on trips uh spacing them out very rarely do they run together especially out of the gate and you know the first half of the trip but i know like it's it's a marathon it's not a sprint especially when i'm on a week-long trip you know let's face it two dogs sounds like yeah i can go on a, a, a week-long trip but on that fourth fifth day i mean if you're if you're hunting hard and and you're going through the cover those dogs take a beating and uh if you haven't spaced them out and you run them just for the sake of running a brace then your dog powers out by the end of the week uh that being said when i do local hunts around here especially once you like you knock out your early season trips you go go through October, like let's say it's November, December, you're just in the heart of the season now. If I'm hunting only on Saturday and Sunday, is I'm I'm sending them. It's, both of them are going and, and we're going all all out because it's like we have a day and a half. We have a s Saturday morning and evening hunt usually and then a Sunday morning hunt and I'm I'm headed back and to the And you know the they're gonna recuperate during I, the week. Yeah. Right. And it's just like, you know, we're talking uh, three hunts. You know, these, these dogs are that they'll run all day for that. And, uh, you know, as long as I don't have to prepare for two or three days down the road, then yeah, we're good. Uh, I'm just going to send them and, and they work really well together, especially on range. They complement each other. Uh, Lucy, to be perfectly honest, gets a little bit into, uh, that hunting for a back mentality mm. sometimes. Yep. And so that'll bug me a yep. little bit. But um, it it usually doesn't stick around too long. You know, one bird gets out or, or I'll kind of split them up. I'll just kind of send Rachel left, Lucy right or whatever, just kind of get her out of that dependency mode. And uh, it usually kind of resets her. But, yeah, that's that's kind of how I handle it. It's like, all right, you know, we're, we're headed home tomorrow. We'll be back on the couch tomorrow. So here we yeah. go. Was there any one thing for either of your dogs that you were dead set on working on this summer? And did you do uh, it? <laughs> Rachel, it was <laughs> well, so I, I I tested the waters with Lucy, like I said, on, on the testing. And uh I just you know, I I've talked about her issues on, on the podcast in the past. Uh for those that don't know, I, I tested her very young. And so getting her ready at that steadiness at young of an age, I mean, I think she tested utility like the day she turned eighteen months. And so could do it doesn't mean I should have done it and I think it took away a little bit something out of her and so I'm still kind of paying for that price kind of pushing it when I shouldn't have and uh I'm just I'm just trying to get her to the hunting dog that I want ultimately like you know and then it's like I kind of got her back up to that last year I'm like all right well you know maybe she's a little more mature maybe she can take it uh you know the steadiness to it a little bit easier in the field and and bottom line is i just had to kind of come to terms with it earlier this summer that she just 
pen raised birds. She's just that dog that just, she just kind of looks at you like, yeah, I know there's birds out here. It's not real. <laughs> she just doesn't care. And then, uh, but it's funny. You go, you go wild bird hunting, and you know she'll she'll stick a grouse. And I mean, you know, uh, she's still the the dog here in Tennessee that I shot a grouse over. Not Rachel, uh, even though like Rachel's my, she's the anchor that kind of holds us down on trips at most times. But Lucy, man, when she has those banner days, it's like. She'll show up Rachel, but as far as consistency, Rachel's it. And with, with Rachel, it was just, I got her back up to full steadiness to help these other guys with backing. And then it's this, she's getting older, she's going on nine. And so I'm just trying to keep her loose, keep her conditioning up, not push her too much because she is that, that short hair that when it comes to work, you have to reel her in. She'll just keep running and running. Uh, so it's like, I just have to kind of moderate her a little bit, but just keep her loose. And then Lucy, it's just, she's just a head game. You know, every day you got a different dog with that one. <laughs> <laughs> she's what, four? Yeah, she's four going okay. on five. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, she's, like I said, I've had, I've had days in the woods with her to where I'm like, this is, anybody would take this dog in their truck right now. And then there, there's been days that I come out of the woods, like, I don't even want to put you in the truck right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. What's the, uh, what's the setter update, the future setter update, anything to report? <sighs> Nothing new to report. It's, uh, it's slow going. It's, it's a different world and for, Again, for those that don't know, like I'm in the process of trying to find the next pup, and I was leaning towards a setter. Uh, my grouse mentor, Bill, old timer Bill, yeah. he had uh, he had a pup reserved for me. Well, the litter didn't take, and uh, so it's like back to square one. Uh, doesn't sound like maybe he he's not breeding again next spring. Who knows? But uh, I've started looking around, and I've talked to a number of people. Uh, just a couple that I like, but just you know, not the one. You know, not, I haven't bought a ring yet or anything. It's just, uh, still just trying to find that breeder that, that I like because man, the, the setter world is a little different trial worlds. They, they work a little different than what I, uh, I'm really wanting. And, uh, it's just, it's just finding the right fit is all it is. And what, for whatever reason, man, I'm, I got spoiled by that NAVDA uh, pedigree base, that database and that testing system. It's so nice. It's so like you, you get so much information from that. And so now I'm like, I'm back to trying to figure out dogs by just looking at pedigrees and everybody uses a different format of pedigree. Some people like have homemade pedigrees that it's like, is this AKC, UKC? What, what is this? And, uh, it's just, it's just different. It's going to take me a little bit longer to look at it. And, uh, Hopefully we find one, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's where I'm still at is leaning towards a setter. But you know, if I, if I don't find the one that just kind of makes my heart beat a little bit, then, uh, I might have to start looking at other things. I don't know. Yeah. Do you get into, I mean, I know you talked to a lot of people and you and I talked about setter. So obviously you're reaching out to your network, but do you ever get into like asking the breeders for referrals and, and going down that route at all? I do. Uh, so I've asked. The referral game is tricky, all right. Because that's kind of why everybody I, why I'm like, asking, yeah, <laughs> yeah, everybody likes something different, man. Yeah, and, yeah. and it's just like what work. It's just, and then, 
And then I feel bad because like I'll ask somebody for a referral and they'll link me up and they'll be like, oh, did you, you know, it's like, here's Tom's contact. Tom's dogs, like I've owned his dogs for 40 years. Can't find anybody better. And so you talk to Tom and it's just like, nothing specific against Tom, whoever that is, but it's like, then I feel bad because then, the, you know, they're asking like, did you talk to Tom? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. just wasn't right for me. And <laughs> and so it's just like, you know, part of me, I just, you know, then you start Googling or, or go, God, start looking at Facebook and it's oh, like, yeah. oh man, that's, it's a cesspool. And then you just go down rabbit hole after rabbit hole. And it's like, oh, this one's starting to look good. And then, then, you know, you kind of cover all the bases and it's like, all right, you know, pedigrees, uh, what they're saying the dogs act like and what the, the, this progeny should throw. And that looks good. But then they start talking like, here's the price and here's the stipulations on the pedic, the, the breeding rights or whatever. I'm like, all right, it's uh, you know, it, it's just a constant process. So I'll, I'll just keep going till I know. You know how it is. Like you know it when it's right, and you talk to them. Yeah. But and it, yeah, it's just to me lo- looking for a puppy is not fun. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't enjoy the process, but it's important. You know, do your homework. Yeah. Well, yeah, and th- and I think that's again why I was asking because it is a something that comes up a lot. A lot of people are. You know, there will never be a, a shortage of new people coming and saying, I've got to find my first bird dog. What should yeah. I do? What are the nope. steps? And we've all kind of heard those appropriate steps. And for me, I kind of, I really, I followed some of those steps, but I kind of stumbled into something that I really like and is working for me. And now I haven't had to go out elsewhere and look really, you know, but I will yeah. get, I will get asked often from people you know what who who should i consider what should i look at and um you know i'm i'm in tune enough to to know some names and know some places to look and so i always always kind of refer that but when it comes to actually evaluating and like trying to narrow down on what exactly you're looking for um yeah i don't know that it would be easy um simple maybe but not easy Thank you for listening to GDIY. If you enjoy this podcast, please remember to take a moment to rate, review, and share with a friend. Also, be sure to follow us and our partners on Facebook and Instagram under Gundog It Yourself. If you really enjoy the podcast and would like to contribute even more to the future content, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Gundog It Yourself. Thanks again and happy hunting. Everyone seems to have the same questions or concerns when they start trying to decide which kennel to purchase for their vehicle. Perhaps it's time to stop asking all the questions and just design the perfect setup that meets your exact needs. B-Pro Kennel specializes in designing and fabricating custom premier dog boxes handcrafted right here in the USA from high-grade, lightweight aluminum. They'll get you set up with the size dimensions, lighting, storage, battery boxes with solar charging, and anything else you can dream of. Stop stressing over buying the wrong setup, just have to replace it again in a year. Go ahead and check out bprokennels.com and get exactly what you want. If you're considering changing your dog's food soon, then be sure to check out Yukonuba Pro Performance. Their science-backed formulas are designed to take your dog to the next level of performance. They also now have the new puppy formula to help your pup start strong and live active. When looking at all the different food options, remember Yukonuba to help power their ultimate performance. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Bob from Lone Ducks Gun Dog Chronicles podcast. 
I hope you just enjoyed the episode you just listened to. And if you did, I think you'll enjoy hopping on ours. We've got professional retriever trainers and upland bird dog trainers from across the country and world sharing their tips and tricks and great stories to help you and your dog get ready for the season. We'll see you there.